Hey everyone, I'm Paul Sutter, Ohio State astrophysicist and host of Ask a Spaceman. I'm here with Fraser Kane, who is off camera right over there. there. Hi, Fraser C. We're together for the first time in like two years here in Reykjavik, Iceland on our very first astro tour, going aurora hunting, seeing the natural wonders here in Iceland. And we have nothing better to do than for him to ask me a bunch of science questions and for me to answer them on the spot. Well, I, I dug up all my toughest zingers from, from all the questioners. And you brought my... them across the Atlantic. <laughs> I brought them with me. Let's, let's get into it. In case we it. need an hour to kill, and we do, because our flight doesn't leave for a while. Red Venture 1. Everything we see in the universe has rotational motion. Does this also happen at the scale of the universe itself? Is the universe spinning? Great question. Is the universe spinning? No, it's not. As far as we can tell, it is only expanding. Galaxies are getting further apart from each other on average. Interesting side note. If the universe were expanding and rotating, then you could follow certain paths that would allow you to go back in time. Kurt Godel of the Godel... Uh, Godel incompleteness theorem. Shoot. Restart or no? You, no. Shouldn't have, you just shouldn't have sweared. That's all. Shoot. I said shoot. Oh, that's you? not a swear word. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's fine then. Shoot. Just keep going. <laughs> of the Godel incompleteness theorem, he pointed this out and he said, "Hey, Einstein, if you're so smart, why does your theory produce a universe where time travel into the past is possible? Maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. Turns out the universe isn't rotating, so it's not a big deal." Drew L. S. 6. The faster than light thing always seemed like an obvious solution in Star Trek. Whenever they would stumble upon some mysterious wreckage or discover one of their ships had been destroyed, zip away to say eight light hours distance and just look at what happened, right? Yeah, this is one of the problems with faster than light travel. It is also going back into the past. You can outrace information that you yourself are sending. So you could zoom away and then you'd see a pic turn around and see a picture of yourself doing the thing, which seems kind of odd, which is one of the reasons why we believe faster than light travel is not a thing in the real universe, only a part of fictional universes. Maz Oler, as we know, gravity moves at the speed of light. Therefore, shouldn't gravitational waves also get shifted like light waves? Ah, do gravitational waves get redshifted with the expansion of the universe? They sure do. The very early universe was a massive cacophony of crashing gravitational waves. If they were the present strength, or if they were their current strength today, it would, like rip the earth apart but since the universe has expanded they have shifted down and the distant sources we have from merging black holes and neutron stars those are red shifted down they are far weaker than when they were generated at the source arindam das hey fraser hey paul <laughs> did the big bang actually create the matter we see today or just disperse the matter which was already present in a super dense form if matter was already present from before the Big Bang, where did it come from? Mm. Well, getting into where the universe came from, that's kind of a half philosophical question. And if it is a scientific question, we don't have any clear answer on that yet. But all the matter, all the hydrogen, helium, and lithium, the most basic elements, those were formed in the first 20 minutes of the Big Bang in an era that we call the nucleosynthesis era. And everything after that, all the higher elements, those came later in stars or neutron star mergers. So the hydrogen in your body is 13.8 billion years old.
before there was the hydrogen in the helium, there was what we call a quark gluon plasma. These fundamental particles of quarks with the strong nuclear force all crashing around. Before that, there was an even more exotic state of matter that we're not too sure about because our mathematical theories that describe these hot, dense states tend to break down. And then earlier than that, less than one times 10 to the minus 43 seconds, we basically have no idea what's going on. All of our physical theories break down. We don't have any theoretical or observational hooks to move forward until we get some better understanding of fundamental particle physics and the unification of the forces. So until then, it's question mark and then all the other stuff. Kane Arlo, how close are we to discovering just what dark matter is and what field of science has the best chance of finding out? Good question. Dark matter, one of the most significant questions in both cosmology and in particle physics. We know a lot about the properties of dark matter because we can observe galaxies and galaxy clusters and large-scale structure of the universe. And we're starting to piece together the properties of dark matter from direct detection experiments of waiting for stray dark matter particle to intersect something in our detectors and from particle colliders. There might be some changes interactions that develop uh, that generate a dark matter particle right now we don't have any solid detections but we're slowly slicing away at what we call the parameter space of the properties of the dark matter particle I'm guessing somewhere within the next 10 years we've got to find something or we have to go back to the drawing board all right, so the next question actually comes from two different people, and they're kind of covering two halves of the question here. So the first part of it, this comes from Guy Black, and he asks, how long would you live falling into an ultra-massive black hole? So if you were falling down into the black hole, how, what would happen and how long would that take? If you're falling into a one of these supermassive black holes, like a billion, 10 billion, 100 billion times more massive than the sun, as soon as you touch the event horizon, from the moment you touch the event horizon till the moment you hit the singularity is about seven seconds tops. And there's nothing you can do to fight it. In fact, even if you try to fight it, it's only going to hasten your demise. The, the singularity is in all of your futures, and there's a finite time in which you reach that singularity. So for the second part of this question then, Jesse... If you could somehow survive being pulled into the event horizon of a black hole, what would you see looking outward while crossing the event horizon? So if you were to hover above the event horizon, like just above it, like firing your rockets as hard as you can, you would see the universe become compressed into a very, very small disk right above you. But if you were to fall through, is that cool? All right. If you were to fall through, just free-falling, you get a slightly different view. You would see the universe contract a little bit, but that light is still falling in, still falling behind you. It would catch up to you. You'd get to see it. So you'd still get a window out into the universe. It wouldn't be accelerate or accelerated very fast. It would appear kind of normal to you. As you approach the singularity, however, because of the extreme tidal interactions of that strong gravity, your view actually compresses into a torus around you and then the singularity beneath you it doesn't look like a point it looks like uh, a vast plane that be looms larger and larger underneath you and then once that plane reaches the horizontal horizon that's when you've reached the singularity 
and you're dead. What impact would the time dilation have on your view of the universe? Because you would be experiencing time dilation, wouldn't you? You would be experiencing time dilation, but photons are still falling in, and they can still catch up with you because you're not going faster than the speed of light inside the black hole. So you do see a sped up version of the universe, but not sped up to infinity. And then you die. Ghost of Cicero. Looking to the deep future and the eventual heat death of the universe, if that's what will happen, what happened to all of the energy? How does this fit in with the law of the conservation of energy? Oh, conservation of energy, probably learned in high school, college, bedrock of modern physics. Energy is not conserved. That's it. Like Energy is only conserved in certain limited cases. When it comes to the universe and the expanding universe, what we understand is something like the law of conservation of energy doesn't apply, or more accurately, it does apply, but in a modified way. If you're changing, if you have dynamics, if the universe is evolving and changing with time, then energy isn't necessarily conserved, and you don't have to worry about it. I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Fair enough. Zazapiak. It's Fioka Loqua. I think it's in Greek, and I apologize. My Greek is very rusty. Do all black holes have the same density, infinite? Yes. All black holes have infinite density, whether they're incredibly massive or not so massive. All that stuff is crammed into an infinitely dense point, at least according to general relativity. But we know that viewpoint is flawed that we don't, we aren't exactly 100% sure what's going on in the center of a black hole. So it's probably not infinite density, but very, very close to infinite density. Star butterfly. Does the solar system rotate at all? And I don't mean orbiting the galaxy. I mean, like in a few million years, it will, will we be upside down compared to now in regards to the galaxy? As far as I know, right now, we, we're not rotating, we're not pitching or yawing as we're going around the galaxy. I think our the plane of our solar system is fixed as it orbits the galaxy. There might be some extra gravitational interactions we'll pick up over the next, you know, billions of years, where passing stars or molecular clouds might twist and turn the solar system as a whole, but for right now, we're pretty good. Nicholas Boulding. What are images from JWST going to look like? Obviously, we won't be getting the beautiful, colorful images from Hubble because it's in the visible light spectrum. So probably, I'm guessing that the publicly released images from the JWST, right, they're, they're imaging in the infrared, primarily in, in the infrared spectrum. They're going to colorize them. They're going to map a visual color space onto that infrared map. So we're going to get some really cool, pretty pictures. They're not going to be what your eyes will see, but they'll be representative of the information that was actually acquired. Like Spitzer, kind of, right? Yeah, like the Spitzer images or uh, uh, Alma images. That's in millimeter, but they still make really cool pictures. Any radio array, uh, we translate these to to visual color spaces, mapping one wavelength to another, so we can so we can study it. Derek Steele, is there light everywhere? I mean, if I was way out in intergalactic space and I could not see any stars, would I be able to see my hands, or would I be in total darkness? You would not be in 100% total darkness, and that's because 
almost all the light in the universe, the overwhelming majority of light in the universe is from the cosmic microwave background, the background radiation, the leftover light from the Big Bang itself. And that permeates all of space. Every cubic centimeter of space is soaked in these ancient relic fossil photons. Trouble is, it's in the microwaves, just a few Kelvin above absolute zero, so it's going to be kind of hard to take a picture of your hand, but it's not impossible. All right, that's it. That's it. Thanks, thanks Paul, for, for uh, jumping in, answering a bunch of questions. Where can people find out more? They can visit my website, pmsutter.com. That has links to Ask a Spaceman, Space Radio, my TV appearances, blogs, writings, the whole deal. Can yeah. I go inside now? Yeah. Well, we <laughs> and, of course, join us on the Weekly Space Hangout. That's right. Which records every Wednesday live. Paul, Morgan, Kimberly, and I, we cover all the space science news every week and it's a lot of fun all right so thanks paul that was thank awesome. you now we'll go warm up thank you see you later <laughs>